Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Petrine Studios for our last podcast of this school year. I'm sitting here with Sister John Marion, and we're looking towards what's next. We want to continue this life of prayer that we've developed this year. Pray without ceasing. So maybe you've heard this before from St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, his first letter. I was thinking about it, sister, and I have these experiences in prayer. When I come to prayer and I have lots on my mind and I realize, oh, Jesus, I should have been talking to you all day about this. Mm. And now I don't know what to say. And so we just want to have this discussion today of how do we actually pray without ceasing and what does that mean? So you have some good thoughts on this uh, that I'd want you to share about what does it mean to pray without ceasing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've had that experience too, Blake, um, as recently as this morning. <laughs> it's just a common human thing. Yes. But prayer and life are so integrated with each other. They're directly connected with each other because prayer is not just setting aside a certain amount of time to dialogue with God And then there's the rest of life, all these other things that I need to do, um, responsibilities that I have, physical needs that I need to attend to. Um, It's not like those things get in the way of my union with God. Those things actually can be part of my union with God and lead me to a greater intimacy with Him. So prayer is not a separate kind of reality. Prayer is where all things meet their fulfillment, and it's a way of being rather than doing, which we've kind of become a theme of our podcast that prayer is a way of life not just another thing on the checklist so if prayer is not separate from everything else then everything can be prayer everything can lead back to prayer and the whole point of prayer after all is to be in dialogue with God through every moment of the day the important ones but also those mundane or ordinary ones Of course, formal times of prayer are necessary in order to have a life in which prayer is so much a part of who you are and what you do. So you have to have times where you only enter into dialogue with God. Otherwise, you won't enter into dialogue with God outside of formal prayer times. It's interesting because we learned that originally monks and nuns in the early centuries of the church didn't have formal times of prayer set aside because they just saw everyday life, everyday chores, things that needed to happen as just part of being prayer. And so it wasn't until more like the Renaissance that they decided, you know what, the world has changed so much, we need to set aside formal times for prayer. But how do you do that? How do you come to a point where everything is prayer? Because that sounds like something that's reserved only for those who are really holy or who try really hard or who have almost nothing to do. And we don't fall into any of those categories. So... Whether um, it's me or you. Right, exactly. Like some or people might else. look at you in the habit and you're like, oh, Sister Price. And of course she does. I can verify that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she lives a life here in the world too where she has to teach. And so whether we all have this common experience of how do we find ways to pray throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, um, it made me think of a time where this happened recently. I was... Uh, coming to the Lord in prayer and was just pouring out my heart to him, all of these troubles and these problems and things that made me upset. And then I turned and looked at Jesus in prayer, and I realized 
that he was so smitten by me. He was just utterly taken by me, almost to the point where it didn't look like he was listening to all of my problems, all the things that I was telling him. And I said to him, snap out of it. This is not helping. Like, you need to be aware of all of these things and you need to fix them this certain way. Um, But Jesus often uses humor when he deals with me. So that was a moment where I was the one that needed to snap out of it um, because I was essentially saying, would you stop loving me and listen? But he was saying, without using words, he never spoke, but would you stop speaking and just let me love you? Like that is the answer is just being loved and, and being present and not just solving problems, figuring things out, analyzing things. So what are some practical things that we could do to get to this place of being in a perpetual state of prayer, a way of being, a way of living? One thing that has been fruitful for me is just taking Jesus with me wherever I go. Sister Mary Michael used to tell me, and she would say, let the ending of your prayer, we often call it a colloquy, just the last, just a cry of your heart as you end and you close a prayer time, let that be something that you can live in and will carry you into the next prayer time, even if that's a whole day away. As you go from prayer, take Jesus with you. Like he, he loved ordinary things. He lived 33 years in a very ordinary way. No one would have seen anything different from him than anyone else. Um, He's more human than you and I are. He's more um, fully alive than we are. And he has a great respect for our humanity. Um, The times that I found myself resenting needing things like needing sleep or needing to eat or needing friendship or um, needing to work in order to sustain myself, all of those times when I've resented that, I've realized I'm not participating in my humanity with him. Like my humanity is part of the gift that I give to him. And it's part of the gift he's given to me through his incarnation embracing my humanity is essentially embracing the way that God wants to commune with me. So if he reverences my humanity that much, then even those acts of my humanity are acts of prayer and acts of worship. You know, even something as simple as like fold the clothes with Mary, take do the dishes with Jesus, just be present to him. I used to think that prayer had to involve a lot of holy words or holy thoughts or feeling holy. Um, or virtuous or anything like that. But you don't have to work yourself into saying something or thinking of something or feeling something. You just have to stand next to him and wash the dishes. Um, Just be aware of him. Just like if you had a great friend, you wouldn't need to talk the whole time. You could just be with them. Um, And just simply being aware of his presence is prayer itself and receiving um, reality from him. So that kind of speaks to intentionality as well, which yeah. I think you have some thoughts on that. Yeah. I gave up podcasts for Lent. I used to be a podcast fiend, which is one reason why this has been a blessing for me this year. because I've listened to podcasts for the last seven years of my life, um, virtually every single day for too much amount of time. <laughs> but now I have my own podcast and it's pretty cool. I've always wanted to do a podcast. Uh, But I really noticed uh, that I was lacking silence in my life. Um, Or at least I should say I was being a consumer of too much. Uh, I gave up watching SportsCenter for hours on end when I didn't have cable when Kelly and I first got married. 
So then I substituted with podcasts, and that's how I catch up with all my sports news. But just recently, as I've matured and uh, getting ready to welcome my first uh, child into the world, I'm like, do I really need to know what's going on in European football in a halfway across the world in Spain where I don't even live or have a connection to? Well, no, probably not. So I need to set aside these podcasts. Um, and it was very fruitful. It actually helped me enter into the silent retreat that I participated in at the end of Lent during Holy Week. Uh, but my wife said, hey, you need to listen to this podcast from Catholic Stuff You Should Know Recently. And it kind of was uh, opening of the can of worms because then I noticed, hey, I listened to this podcast and this podcast within the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I just really noticed last Friday night even, I was worried about the storms. I was busy working through confirmation materials, getting those uh, records prepared and uh, working on the program. But I had podcast going and I just noticed this anxiety or this like tension welling up inside of me and so I made an intentional move I'm not going to listen to podcasts when I go on my walk tomorrow morning and then the next morning because all throughout Lent when I wake up and pray I'd continue that conversation during my walk I didn't involve my dog even into it hey Bree what do you think about this <laughs> but I noticed that my relationship with the Lord was being affected because I had uh, this uh, podcast or this media going. And so one thing that we've kind of reinforced all throughout this series is just we need to be intentional about how we pray and then know that what we consume throughout the day does affect our prayer lives. So whether that's your social media, whether it's the TV that you're watching, uh, the work or the activities you're participating in, they tend to take us out of God's goodness in his presence if we don't put proper limits on them, everything mm -hmm. in moderation, right? Mm -hmm. And so the Lord invites us to consider what is most appropriate in our daily day-to-day -day lives to help us actually recognize the gifts that he gives, return them to him, and then live this life with him in union with him. Yeah, and, and I think that intentionality, a way to make that really concrete would be to have a span of time at the end of the day, even if it's just a few minutes, just to jot a few notes in a notebook or a journal about how the day went, how I lived it with Jesus, or were there times where it was just me? It wasn't me with Jesus. Um, was Did I keep that resolution to be intentional or to keep that limit? Did I take advantage of times of silence to become aware of his presence? Or um, was I consumed by something? Was something worrying me or bothering me? Or was I taking too much responsibility on something? Sometimes it's easier to see things in hindsight because you can see the fruit of something. And so if you take a few moments at the end of the day to jot a few notes or journal about your experience of God with you that day, then it's easier um, to see him in the present moment over time and to recognize patterns of how the Lord works in your particular heart and how he is asking you to respond to him. It's a great way to just become aware of him. It takes time and it takes dedication, but it's a very fruitful practice to do some journaling as well. So I think that brings us into our meditation. That's my invitation to you as we enter into prayer, just Remember that Jesus is here and ready to love you. And whatever you're doing throughout the day, 
And think about those human moments where you've experienced that, where you just set aside whatever, and the activity became a source of union together. And that's at the heart of what it means to pray without ceasing. And the Lord will do that with us uh, as we continue to come to abide in him. So we're going to close here in our meditation. Podcast is closing, but feel free to stay with this meditation as uh, long as you'd like. So we'll record it here. Special note before we end is just thank you for listening this year. Um, Sister, thank you so much. Uh, this is going to be maybe the end of our podcasting together for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what what happens in the future, but Sister is going to be um, at St. Joseph's next year. And so know that we will be praying for you as you will. Uh, we know you've told me already, we've talked about it. You'll be praying for us. So, Oh, yes. Um, it's been an honor to be able to serve all of you and to serve with you, Blake. So thank you for this grace. Um, this opportunity to be able to podcast together. We all remain branches on the same vine. So let's begin here in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, help us to pray. Live in us, form us in Christ. Inflame our hearts with your love and zeal as we approach Pentecost. Recreate us. Help us live the lives that Jesus is calling us to. Hear these words from the Gospel of St. John. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. I'll just offer a few reflections and then Blake will read through the passage one more time and then you are free to pray with this and listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks through sacred scripture. This image of a vine and branches is so intimate because Jesus does not see you as separate from himself. He sees you as part of himself, an important part of himself. His sap is your sap. His lifeblood is your lifeblood. And he wants you to be identified with him. He wants you to use his life, his heart, his faculties, everything, his power. And he wants you to allow him to use yours. And this image of um, being pruned. Where in your life right now are you sensing the Father pruning you? Pruning is generally painful. 
Where is there suffering that is becoming an invitation to greater growth, greater trust? Jesus also speaks about the life that flows through him into his branches. Where is there blockage to his life? Where do you resist that you need him to remove that blockage? And on the other hand, where is there great openness in your heart to his life within you? Where is his father glorified? And finally, perhaps the best of all is this image of abiding, a deep, personal, knowing and being known, loving and being loved. What stirs in your heart as you hear his invitation to abide? Not drink from him and then go away to do your own responsibilities or receive from him and then go work for him, but abide, remain, stay. As the Father loves me, so I also love you. And now Blake will read this again and we ask the Holy Spirit to be very present within you as you pray. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 